You are listening to Master Coaching with Ajit, a podcast that inspires coaches to impact lives of their clients more meaningfully. I am Coach Ajit, and I'm known for coaching high performers, entrepreneurs, and leaders. I'm also a serial entrepreneur and author of many books. On this podcast, I am answering your burning questions. I'm also demonstrating and deconstructing behind-the-scenes coaching sessions. Are you wondering if there are too many coaches in the world? Are you going to meetups and meetings and events? And as you introduce yourself, you figure out the person across you is also a coach. That every third or fourth person tends to introduce themselves as some type of coach, a life coach, a business coach, a health coach, a well-being coach, and so many different kinds of coaches. Are you wondering with these many coaches in the world, is there a place for you as a coach? See, As we go out in the world, as we are getting introduced to other coaches, sometimes we start to feel, well, there's too many coaches in the world. Are there too many coaches in the world? Are these number of coaches actually required in the world? And are we, so to say, getting into a saturation of marketplace where there's everybody that we meet tends to be some kind of coach? And this seeming abundance of coaches also puts us into a unique position where we think, well... I need to become somebody before I can find success in coaching because, well, there are so many coaches in the world. If you feel that, you're not alone. When I first started, I felt pretty much the same. I would go to events and I started my journey as a business coach. And every third or fourth person I would meet would introduce themselves as a business coach or a business consultant. And I was like, have I entered the wrong field? Am I in the wrong place? How are there so many coaches in the world? And then the worst thing happened. I started to talk to some of the successful coaches and I wanted to understand, hey, listen, as a new person who's walking into this field, how is it and what is it that I could do to be more successful, to be able to get ahead in front of the clients and be able to really do what I really want to do with my career going forward. And it's a cathartic story, but (laughs) the story doesn't end well, where one of these very successful coaches at the time kind of told me that I won't be that I have nothing different that would make me successful. And the only people who become successful as coaches are middle-aged women. Oh, middle-aged white women. Now, it was wrong at so many levels. It boxed people in so hard. It was so discriminating. And while initially I took their word for it because I thought, well, this person's successful. They must know something. It was only in time that I realized that they were working and operating from a fixed mindset that they had experienced in their life. And because of that, they assumed that's just how the world is shaped. Another thing that I recognize over time is how we get boxed in, how we get boxed into the people that we tend to hang out with. And then we think that's the truth of the world. If you have met somebody who is very inclined politically or believes one way of doing politics is the right way of doing politics, you would see somebody who is literally living in a bubble. They only listen to such news. They only listen to such speakers, such podcasts. And so they create this political opinion that they think is the absolute right political opinion. And that's exactly what happened with coaches. As a coach, you go out and you end up at events where other coaches also go, not only to get clients, but for themselves. And because of those reasons, you tend to meet a high concentration of coaches in a very small event. And you start to go, well, there are too many coaches. So first of all, if you feel like there are too many coaches in the world, 
you're not alone. This happens with anybody that is starting out new and is trying to explore this unique opportunity called coaching. And because they are approaching this unique opportunity, they're going into new environments. So they're tending to go into environments where other new coaches also go. We tend to believe that there are too many coaches in the world. In today's episode, I want to explore this topic with you. Are there really too many coaches in the world? Do you really need to be a coach? Does the world really need another coach? And more importantly, does the world need you? But before we can get into it, I need to help you understand some psychological principles and we'll also lean into how your world may be shaped right now and what you may need to consider. I'm also going to give you some tools to be able to utilize if you get into the space where you wonder if you are in the wrong market or if there are too many coaches and how to really think about yourself and your marketplace so you can make a more effective decision. The first thing that you need to understand psychologically is something that is called the spotlight effect. Let me share with you what spotlight effect is based on its Wikipedia description. It says the spotlight effect is the psychological phenomenon by which people tend to believe that they are being noticed more than they really are. Being that one is constantly in the center of one's own world, an accurate evaluation of how much one is noticed by others is uncommon. The reason for the spotlight effect is the innate tendency to forget that although one is in the center of one's world, one is not the center of everyone else's. This tendency is especially prominent when one does something atypical. Especially, I want to highlight the last part. It is more dominant, it's more prominent for individuals that are doing something atypical. This may be true for you. It's because you're in the center of your own world, you are spotlighted to yourself. And because of that, you feel like, oh, Everybody is noticing what I do. Everybody is noticing who I am. And because of this spotlight effect, you also tend to notice when someone is doing something similar to you, it's more dominant, it's more profound, it's more extrapolated for you. And so suddenly if you meet another coach, you start to think everybody is a coach. Now, before I can lean into, are there too many coaches in the world? We must understand what's happening in the world outside. How is the world shaping So we can make a more informed opinion about are there too many coaches, right? So let's look at some of the trends, the global trends, right? Today, unfortunately, we are unhealthier than we have ever been. Today, if you look at the overall percentage of people that report stress and anxiety in their day-to-day life is higher than it has ever been. Today, there are more single 40-year-olds, male and female, than they have ever been. There is a bigger gap between the rich and the poor than there has ever been. There is more information and hence there is more hope in the world than there have ever been. There are more people that believe that their dreams can come true than it has ever been. There is more capability per person than there has ever been. There is more capital to start something new than it has ever been. These are all known facts. These are all things that are true for the world, which talk about the opportunities because of problems and challenges that we have and opportunities that are available because of the capital and time and resources and information abundance that we have as a society. So as a society, we have more gaps from where we are to where we want to be, be it a problem that we need to fulfill or an opportunity that needs to be realized. So one must understand that coaching itself is probably more needed just as a skill, just as a capability, just as resource, as a job title, is more needed because we have a larger and more diverse gap than it has ever been between where we are to where we want to be. And so overall, coaching is more and more required. Coaching is more and more 
affordable for the person to be able to invest in because of more capital being available. So theoretically, coaching is actually being needed a lot more than it has ever been needed before because of how the world is changing. If you really, in essence, think about what is coaching, it is an opportunity for us to work with our clients while they change, right? They're going from a situation where they feel that they have a problem, a challenge, a concern in their life to solving it. That's a change. They might have a dream that they have not realized. Now they want to realize that dream. When they realize that dream, it's a change. So coaching overall is a way for a person to realize the change that they want. If there are more people who want to and are capable of having that change, more people would be supportive of want. So coaching overall is more needed than it has ever been before in the history of mankind. And yet, are there too many coaches? And what happens when we start to believe that there are too many coaches? See, when we start to believe that there are too many coaches, here are some of the things that you may feel. You may feel that your market is saturated. You may feel like there is absolutely no more opportunity because every available position for a coach has been already taken. We feel that we won't find success because we feel like, well, there are too many coaches out in the world, so how can I get successful? There's just too many people realizing a limited set of opportunities. We may feel that we need to work harder than the next person, which is a default thing. We think it's the old school corporate world where the one who slogs longer hours gets to win. And that disheartens us as we pursue this goal of building a coaching career because we might go, well, I've worked hard for one part of my life. I don't want to work as hard or as long as I used to at another part of my life. And so having this mindset, oh, I need to work harder, doesn't necessarily help us build a career that we really want to. We also tend to think, because there are so many coaches, why am I special? And so we discount our personal story. We discount our personal experiences that we may have had in our life that may bring a unique opportunity for somebody else's life. And as we approach this career with this mindset of there are too many coaches, there are too many coaches, there are too many coaches, we start to energetically communicate that way. We tend to energetically not pursue our dreams in the fullest of way. And in that process, we start to lose trust with ourselves. And as we lose trust with ourselves, we lose our self-worth. When we lose our self-worth, when we lose our belief in ourselves, we start to lose confidence. And as our confidence starts to deter, we stop taking the right actions. We stop pursuing our dreams in the way we once did. Now, this is really important for me. This is really dear to me because when I started as a coach, I started as a business coach. And as I was moving into the career of business coaching, I was going to events where the companies I wanted to work with would really be there. And my focus was to work with education-based companies that are doing anywhere between the revenue of one to three million. And I wanted to take them to their first eight figures. And that was my dream because I really love education. I love coaching. I love training. I love personal growth. I love business education. I love education overall. That's something that I've always been excited of all of my life. And so I believed that one of the ways I would fulfill my purpose is to help other people win in this business, in this career that one could pursue. And so the market, the people, the companies I wanted to approach were education-focused companies. And so to find such companies, I would go to events. I would go to conferences where they would go to educate themselves. And as I would go into these conferences, I would constantly meet people who were in the same field. 
who were coaches, who were consultants, and who were helping businesses, who were in the field of education. And I would see they were older than me. They seemed smarter than me. They seemed more educated than me. They had more testimonials than I had. They had more charisma than I had. So I felt defeated every single time I would go into these conversations. I would feel like, I can't possibly be successful in this field. I am nobody. I'm a kid from India who has an accent. Who is going to respect what I have to say? Who is going to even listen? Who is even going to care? I don't have an exciting backstory. I don't understand half the American connection points. I don't understand things like American football. I can't connect with people on levels like basketball and things like that. I just don't understand American culture as well either. And so I often would feel so defeated as I would end my prospecting. And that narrative that constantly told me how I'm not going to get ahead or there are too many coaches, other people are more successful than I am, that really pushed me back by months, maybe even years of my success because I started to take action from this unconfident, low self-worth space. I would underprice myself. I would try to undercut somebody else's offer. I would try to really discount. I would try to add so many bonuses every single time I was enrolling because I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I was I was able to actually get ahead in this field because I thought there were other people that were so much better than me. And that was a place that was not very good for me as a new coach to really lean into. Unfortunately, I come from an analytical background. Like My mind has always given me that place to say, hey, stop, let's think about this for a second. I love solving problems. And I started to approach my own business like a problem to solve. I was like, okay, let's see if this is real. And if I had to create success in this field, how would I think if I had to create success, if I didn't have an option, if I absolutely needed to win in this space, if I needed to get clients in this space, if I needed to have my version of success in this space, what would I do? And so I started to reframe some of the things and some of the ways that I was approaching the business. The first thing that one must notice is a lot of the times we as coaches look at qualitative data and not quantitative data. Let me explain. What would happen is because we're in the bubble of talking to other coaches, what would happen or meeting other coaches at events that are similar enrollment places for us, the other coaches are also enrolling at the same place. So what tends to happen, we look at all these coaches and we go, oh my God, there are too many coaches. And that tends to become like this big deal in our head because in the small island of that event, we met maybe 100 coaches in a 500% event. We go, oh my God, one to five, that's a terrible ratio of coaching. We start to believe that's the truth of the world. And that's not true. That's called qualitative data. Quantitative data is when you take the absolute number or the real number of opportunity and then you compare it to the number of coaches in the world. Let's hypothesize and let's assume that we have 200,000 active coaches, the people who are actually going out, doing the work, getting clients, working with the clients. I don't think it's even 200,000, but let's assume they're 200,000, right? Now let's assume there is another 300,000 that are looking to create clients, right? So that's half a million people. Let me give you some data points that might change the way that you think, even if you believed that there were half a million active coaches or coaches that want to be active today, right? Half a million, that's a big number, right? How many small businesses are there in the world? If you had to take a wild guess in your mind as I speak, what would that number be? You might think, well, there might be 2 million active businesses, 10 million active businesses, well, 100 million active businesses, 100 million small businesses and only half a million coaches. That already looks like pretty good, right? The actual data of small and mid-sized companies in the world is 332 million. There are 332 million small and medium-sized companies 
in the world. This doesn't even include the large organizations. I'm talking about small and mid-sized companies, companies that are doing anywhere between six figures to doing 50 million, even 100 million. There are 332 million organizations like that. Even if all half million coaches that we assume that were there in the world, even if we assume all those half million coaches were business coaches, there's still more businesses to go around. There is more than 600 businesses that a business coach can target before they start saying, oh, I've exhausted the market. 600 businesses. And this is assuming all half a million were just business coaches, which is not true, of course, right? So 332 million companies, and you need to work with 600 clients for you to say, I think I've saturated the market, or there are too many coaches, 600 clients. How many clients do you have? You see, suddenly thinking about the quantity changes your narrative. You go, oh my God, I haven't even approached 600 people, right? But that's not all. Let's say you're a well-being coach. You say, hey, listen, I'm in wellness, Ajit. Do you know what percentage of Americans, this is all database, by the way, you can Google it. What percentage of Americans live a healthy lifestyle? By healthy lifestyle, it means that your body fat percentage is under 30% for a female or under 20% for a male. What percentage of Americans live a healthy lifestyle? You might think 30%, 40%, 50%, 20% of Americans. No, only 3% of Americans, 3% of Americans live a healthy lifestyle. 97% of America lives an unhealthy lifestyle. This is data from Mayo Clinic. I'm not, I'm not saying this from my own sense. Mayo Clinic did a research and found out that only 3% of Americans actively live a healthy lifestyle. That tells you that as a health coach, just in America, you have 300 million potential clients, if I was to believe this data. So as a health coach, you have 97% of America that you could potentially target if you were a health and well-being coach. And that's not all. If you look at the setup of how many people report stress and anxiety on a daily basis, 52% of Americans report stress and anxiety on a daily basis. And it is not much lesser if you look at globally. The global average of people reporting stress and anxiety on a daily basis is 35%. This is a Gallup study. 35% of people across the globe report that they have stress and anxiety almost a daily basis. 35% of the world could be using a life coach. So you could be a life coach, a health coach, a business coach, whatever kind of coach. Think about the size of opportunity that is available in the market for you to serve. Not the coach that you met at a small event and the 10 or the 50 or the 100, even if there were 500, heck, even if there were 2,000 coaches in that room, it's still not enough people. If there were 10,000 coaches in the room, there's still not enough coaches in the world. If there were 50,000 coaches in the room, there's still not enough coaches in the room for you to go, oh, there's too many coaches in the world because the world needs a lot more people. Another way that you want to think about, are there too many coaches, is to also think about it from a slightly different point of view. So one is just looking at data sets, like qualitatively and quantitatively, the data looks different. Quantitatively, there's way too much opportunities for any size of coaches to be able to fulfill all of those needs. It's just not possible quantitatively. So data-wise, no, you do not have a saturation of market. You're not even close to saturation of market. There's definitely not enough coaches in the world. But let's think about how somebody makes a purchase. Let's change our lens from the point of view of a customer. 
So let me tell you a little story about a local cafe in my neighborhood that just opened about two months ago. It's called Morning Glory. And every single time you go to this cafe, anytime after nine in the morning, it's packed. And my neighborhood has about six Starbucks. Six Starbucks, very near to each other. It's like literally one is at a Target, one is by itself. Like you can drive to Starbucks every couple of minutes. Morning Glory is packed every single day between nine and three. That's the time that they're open. They open at seven, so seven to nine is the sweet spot if you want to really get your coffee and get a little breakfast in. That's the sweet spot that you will still find a lot of people, but you'll get a table. If you go from nine onwards till three o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, which is when they close, you'll have to wait to get a table. This is how a customer buys. Not everybody is going to go buy from the biggest seller because they may not like the coffee. They may not like their coaching. And just because they exist doesn't mean that they're not clients for you. Buying is done contextually. When I'm looking for a quick substandard coffee, I might pass by Starbucks and pick one. But if I'm really a coffee connoisseur and I want a good breakfast, I'm going to Morning Glory. Coaching's the same. If you need a quick product done very systematically, you might go to a coach that is wildly popular and they just repeat, rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat and have no new ideas for you. But when you're looking for a real transformation, you will probably go to a coach that contextually sets up things and talks to you specific to your needs, that have newer systems, have newer strategies, have really done research, has evolved their product and is contextual to your problems. So no, just because there are big coaches in the marketplace or people can buy cheap products from a big coach, that doesn't actually mean that there are not more requirements of coaching. That actually, if anything, it means there's more need for a higher quality, more personalized approach to solving the problem. Because when somebody is buying a lot of coffee, and this is I'm switching between the context of Starbucks and Morning Glory to mainstream coaching and niche coaching. When there is a lot of coffee being sold by Starbucks, it tells you there must be a lot of people wanting really good coffee, (laughs) right? It's the same thing. If you're seeing coaching becoming more stream, more popular, if you're seeing big time coaches coming up and you're going, wow, another big coach and they're selling millions and millions in sales, that's actually great news. That means if that guy, that girl can be so successful, there is a huge market they're not able to serve. And let's be real, it's true for me. I was able to serve my clients so much more deeply when I was new as a coach. When I was coaching small businesses, I would be so helpful. I would be with them. I would be so personalized. Everything was so custom. But then there was a point where I just couldn't do that. My business was too big. I was required too much. I had a really long wait list. So what did I do? I took all those systems, all those strategies and made certified business coach. So other people can deploy it to other businesses. But that does mean that I am out of that market. That does mean that I am not serving my clients to as much detail, that I actually don't even take more clients. I only serve my clients that have already worked with me for a certain period of time. Because guess what? When a coach matures, that's what happens. When you are able to serve at masses, you cannot serve the classes. And that's exactly where you step in. You can serve the classes. So yes, if you hear the big noise, the big coach, the big this, that actually is telling you that there's more people looking for personalization. There are more people who want more support. There's more acceptance in the market. So no, just because you're seeing more famous coaches, that has no correlation to are there more coaches. If anything, it only means there's a bigger market to be served. So if you're in this space where you're thinking, oh, that person's so ahead or 
oh, I'm so behind and I haven't done this work and they have done so much work. You don't have to because what you're going to serve is a class market. You're going to take a small segment of society and you're going to help that segment of society. Until the time you stay focused to that segment of society, you're not in competition with that big coach, the big author, the big celebrity coach or whatever that person is that you think is competing with you. They're not competing with you. They are in a very different place. What they're doing is opening up a bigger marketplace. They are actually educating more people on coaching. What do you think I am doing? What do you think Mind Valley is doing? We are actually educating a bigger marketplace about coaching because we see the power of coaching. And as we educate the marketplace, there's a lot of people we can't serve. We can't build products for them. I can't do one-on-one coaching anymore. I don't have the time, space, energy for it. And so guess what happens? This opportunity goes to you. So when you look at somebody that seems like, wow, they're so successful, they're so big, I'm behind. Don't think that. Think, this person's creating the market for me. This opportunity is for me. And so you can then get out of that frame of thinking, oh, I am behind. Oh, I I am too late to this market or I can't really be successful at this point because that's just not true. And also note that there's a distinction between acceptance and impact. Just because you're more accepted because you have a bigger following doesn't mean you're making a bigger impact. A social media influencer that might get a lot of likes and follows and shares and all of that may be getting more acceptance as a mainstream idea. But that doesn't always mean that they're making a deeper impact with the person. So my invitation for you is to consider, are you in the game of acceptance or in the game of impact? Because if you're in the game of acceptance, yes, you may struggle as you compare yourself to the next big coach. But if you're in the game of impact, which I think you are in, you might wonder how you can go deep with one, two, five, 10, 15 people. And now you're playing a completely different game than that big influencer. You're not in the game of acceptance, you're in the game of impact. I want to get real for a second. Feeling that you're behind sucks. It makes us feel like we're losing. It triggers part of our programming, which doesn't want to fail. Coming from the Indian subculture that I came from, it was one of those world-ending feelings that used to take over me because I would feel like, oh, crap, I'm behind. And the way I, at least my education was, when my formative years were in my teens, I never wanted to be behind because I was always being compared to. And I wanted to never feel like I was behind. And so when I was comparing myself and I was feeling like, ah, oh, you know, I'm behind this person. I'm not as good as this person. Or somehow I would create this narrative. It sucked. And I know it sucks for you. It is not a fun place to be. It's not a place where we are our best selves. This is probably the place where we are our weakest selves. And what I found is when I felt defeated in my career, when I felt like I was not getting ahead or I wouldn't be able to get ahead, I would lose hope. And hope is a powerful motivator. When we don't have hope, we lose all motive to take action. And when we lose all motive to take action, well, we don't take action. And as we don't take action, we keep losing. And as we are losing, as we keep telling ourselves, hey, we are behind or somebody else is ahead, soon enough, we lose one of the most powerful things that a human being can have. And that's hope. We lose hope. I don't want you to lose hope. So I want to give you a framework to think and see if this would work for you. Next time you start to wonder if there are too many coaches in the world. I want you to firstly ask yourself, what am I really believing here? When I'm believing there are too many coaches in the world or that I'm not ahead or or whatever that might be, what is it that you're really believing? And once you realize the truth of what you believe, I want you to ask yourself the question of, is it really true? Can you find evidence to prove that it's right 
and also that it's wrong. See, a lot of the times you can find evidence that everything is right because that's what we want to believe. We want to somehow be like, I'm right. But I want you to find reasons why what you believe is wrong. Because when you start finding those reasons, you start to discover there are as many reasons to believe that what you believe is right, as many reasons are there for you to believe that whatever you believe is wrong. Now, when you have all this evidence, you can look at that evidence and you can go, am I actually correct? The evidence, what is it suggesting? And more often than not, you will find that the evidence that whatever you believed was wrong is equally and sometimes stronger than the evidence that tells you that you were right. And this understanding will help you lean into the next question, which would be, okay, now that I have this unique information that I could potentially be wrong and that everything that I believe, like there are too many coaches in the world, is wrong. There are not too many coaches in the world. The market is not saturated. Then you got to ask yourself, who is it that I need to be for me to believe that this new evidence is correct and that I can fulfill my dream, that I can fulfill my hope and that I have all the resources and I might have some limitations, but I can flip those limitations to really create my dream life, to really be able to have this career that I've always wanted. The reason why finding this information works so effectively is because when you find information, your rational brain needs to get activated because you're searching, you're looking for evidence. Even the term evidence is going to turn uh, your rational brain on and your emotional brain will stop taking over. See, every single time you feel like there are too many coaches, you feel like there are too many coaches. You don't know if there are too many coaches in the world. You don't have any data. You can't rationally make that decision. When you feel like you're falling behind, you feel you're falling behind. But if you introduce data and information, your emotional mind suddenly takes a backseat. Your emotional self takes a backseat. And emotional self is vitally useful. Emotional self is the most useful when you're taking short-term decisions, decisions in this moment, decisions right now. Your emotional self is very helpful. But when you're making decisions for the long term, things that take time, effort, energy, you want your rational mind to kick in. You want to have a decision that is made both by your emotions and your rational mind. You don't want to isolate either of them. But to turn on your rational brain, you need to find evidence. So psychologically, it's going to help you if you just stop to look for evidence. Because once you do, you'll find evidence that tells you that your hope and dream will definitely come true. That there's no reason for you to believe that there are too many coaches in the world. There's too much opportunity in the world. And yes, we need more coaches in the world. The more coaches we have, the greater the chance we have that we would have an even better society than we have today. Now, my hope is at this point, you have an absolute clarity that there are not too many coaches in the world. You're absolutely needed as a coach in the world because the opportunity is far greater than the number of coaches that are currently available in the marketplace. And you as a coach, my friend, can really, really help. With that insight, I want to invite you to something. Now, I know you have a coach friend who's questioning the same thing. Then that you have a colleague that may be wondering about the same problem of, are there too many coaches in the world? Are we saturated as a marketplace? I want you to think of that person and see how this episode might help them. And if you feel it would help them, just share it with them. Share this information because there might be a dream that will not get realized because they will sabotage themselves creating a false narrative. I want your help in sharing the right narrative. And that is that we need you as a coach and we need more coaches in the world. So go ahead, share this with a friend. If by any chance you haven't yet had a chance to subscribe to this podcast, go ahead and hit subscribe. It helps you getting notified every time you post a new episode. And also, if for whatever reason you haven't taken a second and submitted a review, 
Can I ask you to do that for like 20 seconds? Just go ahead, give it the star rating, maybe write a quick few sentences. I'll be really grateful. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Coach Ajit, and you were listening to Master Coaching with Ajit. Oh,